As Earth Keepers, we hold wisdom about our planet within our bodies learned through lifetimes of experience on Earth and throughout the cosmos. I'm Amy Dempster, a shamanic practitioner and your host for the Earth Keepers podcast, and I'm on a journey to reconnect with my soul family, the other Earth Keepers, grid workers, portal tenders, land stewards, and nature lovers around the world. On this podcast, you won't find gurus or dogma, just a safe space where I share personal stories from my spiritual journey. Welcome back to the Earth Keepers podcast. This season, I'm welcoming a series of thought-provoking guests to the show to discuss where exactly humanity is headed and how we can collectively create the future we'd like to see. We began the season by discussing ideas around creativity, storytelling, songwriting, and myth to begin to imagine new realities here on Earth. Now you're hearing from guests who are creatively working with sound, crystals, light, animals, and sacred geometry to help us remember how our reality here on Earth actually works and how we can creatively bring some of this ancient future technology into our daily lives. It is my deep hope that these conversations will stir something within you or perhaps light a spark in your imagination for what you might be able to bring forward from the depths of your imagination into this reality. I think it's going to take all of our ideas, visions, and inspired action to arrive at this unknown future timeline. So my hope is that this season inspires you to bring your own bit of magic into the world to help usher in what's next for us all. Now, before we get into this week's episode, if you're feeling inspired to go deeper and want to support the work it takes to bring this podcast to life, I'd love to have you join me in the Earth Tenders Academy. The EarthTenders Academy is my online course and community where you can learn more about the history and energy of the community that you live in, hold space for the healing of humanity and nature, remember more about your specific gifts and role with the earth, and see the true magic held in your everyday environment. I invite you to step into this portal with me and hundreds of other EarthTenders from around the world. Tap the link in the show notes to learn more about the Earth Tenders Academy and join us in this beautiful community. And now, on with the show. To say that my first experience with the harmonic egg was transformational would be an understatement. What exactly is the harmonic egg, you might ask? It's an egg-shaped resonant chamber that focuses the energy of sound, light, and color to restore the body's balance and promote healing. The client steps inside the geometrically tuned egg and reclines in a zero-gravity chair for 50 minutes while being bathed in light frequencies and music specifically selected to support the client's intention for the session. The music often includes the sounds of nature, like the sounds you're hearing now. This is just one of the many custom tracks you might hear while inside the egg. And I'll say that over the years of my own spiritual journey, I've experienced all manner of energetic healing modalities from Reiki and acupuncture to shamanic healing and reflexology. 
Each has had an important part in my life and has been potent medicine when needed. But the egg experience was different. Although the harmonic egg itself is a very physical being, imbued with the essence and consciousness of a very animate healer, my first session was held remotely, since there's no harmonic egg within a three-hour radius of my home. And look, I 100% believe and trust in remote healing. It's how I do my healing work, so I know that it works. And yet, there was this little voice in the back of my head saying, I wonder how this is going to work. But work it did. The egg's guardian, 200 miles away, placed my photo, along with my name, my birth date, and my intention, inside the egg, while I laid on a lounge chair in the sunshine in my backyard. For the first half of the 50-minute long session, I just laid quietly with my eyes closed, enjoying the warmth of the sun on my skin. But then, a bee came to me in my mind's eye. Initially, I dismissed it as an internalization of the insects buzzing around in the garden nearby. Except this one began to engage with me and took me on a deep healing journey into my womb. The details of that journey are personal, so I hope you'll forgive me for not sharing them publicly. But the context of the journey really surprised me. I didn't think it was related to my intention for the session. But as I watched the bee work, I realized that it was very much aligned and it made perfect sense. When I came back inside after the session and glanced out my front window, I remembered that I put some tea out in the sun earlier that needed to come inside. And then I remembered which tea I had chosen hours before the healing session. It's called Honey Bee and is a black tea infused with honey and bee pollen. So clearly the bees had already been buzzing around in my energy field earlier in the day. For the rest of the day after my session, I was floating. The energy just felt so good. And I wasn't sure what else to expect after that healing. So I continued on with my life as usual after the session. But it's now been nearly three months since that healing. And I can see more clearly what's shifted and changed within me. And... I honestly still can barely believe it. Things that I thought were just an ingrained part of who I am, things that have bothered me but I've never understood how to change, things that I've spent my life making accommodations for are just no more. Some of my intense anxiety-inducing sensitivity to light and sound has melted away, for example. And when I stopped to think, how did this happen? What changed? The only thing I could think of was the egg. And so a few weeks ago, when the camping plans that I'd made for my birthday months before fell apart due to an approaching wildfire, I decided to book a last minute trip to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho instead. I didn't even remember that there was a harmonic egg there until two days before we were set to leave. And when I checked their calendar, they had availability on the morning of my birthday. So I book sessions for both my husband and I. And let me tell you, being in the actual presence of an egg is magical. It has an enormous energy field, and I could feel it as soon as I walked into the building. It's the same feeling I would get in a sacred, high-energy spot in nature. But my intention this time was to integrate a soul piece that I've been seeing in my mind's eye for many, many years that 
I only just realized the summer was another piece of me that was resisting coming back. And while I didn't journey during this session, I was aware of so many little beings doing the most gentle surgery on my light body. It looked like a weaving, I assume, of that soul piece back into me. And a few days later, I realized that I hadn't seen the vision of her since the healing. It's too soon to know what might change and shift as a result of this most recent session, but I can say that the egg is doing exactly what its creator, Gail Lynn, has intended for it to do. Letting us experience the balance and perfection of our bodies so that we can gently and easily heal ourselves. When I talk about the ancient future, this is the type of technology I'm talking about. Bringing back the wisdom of the ancients who worked with sound and light and geometry and marrying it with the technology of today for a truly gentle yet powerful way to experience the perfection of our body's ability to work with the elements to heal. Gail was led down this path on her own healing journey after being diagnosed with severe cardiovascular stress and at high risk for a heart attack at the age of 37 after a series of challenging relationships and jobs. After a series of whole body light and sound therapies reversed her diagnosis, she set out to uncover both the ancient history and modern science behind light and sound as healing therapies and created something truly unique. And so without any further ado, please enjoy my conversation with the harmonic egg inventor, Gail Lynn. Well, Welcome, Gail. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited about this conversation. I'm excited. I got to remotely uh, experience the harmonic egg for myself earlier today. So um, yeah, let's just dive in. And you know, I'm sure that there's people who are listening who haven't um, heard of the harmonic egg. They don't know what it is. Can you kind of just walk through and describe what is it and what does it do? Oh my gosh, that's so boring. Let's get into the juicy stuff. But yes, so it is a sacred geometric, right? It's a sacred geometric uh, wooden egg. So one day I was tuned into the universal wisdom and I heard this message that said, we're vibrational beings of sound and light from source, from God, from universe. Why not heal with sound and light? And then the harmonic egg was born. It is a large sacred geometric chamber using the golden ratio. The, the cosmic egg energy of rebirthing, and it's made out of wood. There's no Wi-Fi, there's no Bluetooth. It's all natural, back to the basics. I'm just sounding like healing where we have these maladies that are out of balance because of our environment. So bringing it back into balance with the waveforms of instruments and the colors of the chakra system, this made sense to me to help the person heal naturally using sound and light. And it's 40 minutes of music, 10 minutes of silence. You're reclined in a zero gravity chair inside of this beautiful wooden egg where you're just rebirthing and coming into balance. Finding your true self, clearing trauma, the the in society right now we're stuck in fight or flight and so everybody's kind of scattered their balance their balance is off there's no homeostasis so this brings the body back into balance it clears that trauma that is blocking us from what is our abundance by divine right 
we have so much abundance, but we're blocking it with our craziness and our fight or flight and our traumas and our baggage. If you can just clear that, get connected more to your higher self, find that place where you love yourself. Disease doesn't exist with love and gratitude. So the egg brings you back to that natural state of balance and clears that trauma. And then everything starts flowing. My, my tagline is let it flow. When you can clear that and let it flow, there is abundance for everyone, not material abundance. We're talking emotional abundance, health abundance, abundance of time, nature, loving yourself. It's just a beautiful expression. And because the eggs are all connected, the more eggs that come on the planet and are connected to the earth's grid, the more powerful they all are. And there's so much love with the egg guardians. You feel it in the egg. Absolutely. I could feel it. I could feel that love for sure in my experience. And, you know, speaking of letting things flow, I'm curious because you said this came initially as like a download or a transmission or a voice in your head. I, you know, what, what took you from there should be healing with the sound and light to creating the egg. Did the messages keep coming in or how, how did you get walked through that? Oh my God. Well, it was um, the, which I find is very comical now that I see all the puzzle pieces fitting together. So born and raised in Detroit, go to school for engineering. So I kind of have to have that to create a geometric structure like this, right? So the engineering background then at age 17, um, I started getting migraine headaches and started finding doctors. I worked in a doctor's office when I was 17, um, just the front office girl, right? I got fired because I was telling the doctors that people were coming in asking for their pain meds way too early. They had them on diet pills that were just speed. Here I'm 17 years old, recognizing that they're taking advantage of people and older women, older ladies getting these diet pills and I'm, I'm looking at their chart. I'm like, they gained 20 pounds in the last 10 years of taking these diet pills, which I found out were speed that ended up firing me. Uh, so I you know, have this job and then I get into um, telecommunications with international business. And then I get into Hollywood where there's, you know, the extemporaneous communication and I'm looking at all this stuff and then I've got liver problems, thyroid problems. My hair was falling out. I had cystic acne. Um, I'm 37 years old on the verge of a heart attack with my heart rate variability test showing severe cardiovascular stress. And I'm, and I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. Where is our perfect bodies? We cut ourselves. We know it's going to heal. We break a bone. We know it's going to heal. So why can't we heal from anything? And then all of a sudden the downloads started coming um, where vibrational beings of light heal with sound and light. And then all the Egyptian lifetimes that I've had and lifetimes in Greece and Lemuria and Atlantis and sh shamans coming in to see me saying, you're a Hathor and you're, you're Hathor, which is Hathor. A lot of people say, but I think Hathor sounds such more, so much more powerful. And you've done this for 3,000 years. Done what? I'm a little Detroit girl. What are you talking about? So all of a sudden, this stuff started coming in. I, I went to Egypt. I went to Greece. I brought that energy back, brought it into the egg, and realized that 
so many cultures use sound and light for healing. The Aborigines, what the didgeridoo, the Native Americans with drumming and drumming circles and flute. And this is how we should be healing. But we've we've gotten duped by a big pharma with the magic pill. But there's no root cause being identified. We don't know ourselves. We don't listen to our bodies. We have to spend more time being quiet and tuning into ourselves and what is going on. So the downloads were coming and protocols came through and the testimonials are amazing. And I don't give any credit to the egg. It's your body healing itself because we put it in the right environment. It's so true. And I mean, yeah, let's talk about the ancient uh, healing techniques. I mean, how do you feel you know, it feels like to me that the egg kind of marries this, you know, the ancient wisdom with some modern technology, right? Things that we have at our disposal today. So like, how do you see the egg tapping into some of that ancient wisdom? So I feel like it's more like a sarcophagus chamber. So like in ancient Egypt, that's what they had. There's the, they used to use the silk cloths with the colors to put maybe over a lamp or put it over the body to heal. So now we have this great technology called LED lights that we use that are non-mercury off-gassing and they have almost the full spectrum of the colors of the nanometers. So I can get and tune it to an orangey red or a bluish purple or a purpley pink And I'm looking at, okay, so the back of the heart chakra is pink. The front is green. Ancestral issues, the back of the heart chakra. So many people have ancestral issues right now that they're clearing so that they can be who they need to be in this lifetime to clear all that ancestral crap that we don't need to hold on to anymore. And so they go in there and each chakra, when it's out of balance, has a physical or emotional issue that comes up. For example, third eye chakra, a lot of brain tumors, headaches, root chakra, knee issues, eye issues, the survival stuff, um, smell, ear, taste. So you have that going on. So we will use the red light and drumming to bring the heart, uh, the root chakra back into balance. And then we have just created these protocols from all the different mentors that I've had over the years and the hundreds of books that are out there that we can just read. Um, some people have passed and they've left a legacy of these books like Kay Gardner, um, Sounding the Inner Landscape has been one of my most influential books of identifying how the waveform of a drum can help build the immune system, how the waveform of the piano can help build our autonomic nervous system, our balance our nervous system, the little short waveform of the flute so helpful for the liver with orange light in the harmonic egg. Such a beautiful expression of how we can heal with sound and light. And I can teach people how to do this at home. The colors of the foods, the uh, colors of the jewelry that we wear. So today I have on green, purple, you know, and I look at what the planets are. And so today is Wednesday, right? This is Wednesday. Yeah. So the purple and the yellow for today for the sun and mercury so i kind of try to dress for the planets to honor the planets that are for the day and the night of today wednesday there's just beautiful things we can do at home we don't have you don't have to spend the money to go to a harmonic egg i'm not trying to pitch that 
you can use the sound and the lights that you have access to and the colors of your clothes and the colors of the foods that you eat. So beautiful. It's it's just, I love everything in my life is color. I just love color. So yeah, I've just been playing with that. I wrote a book so that people can learn how to use sound and light at home. Yeah, I think it's so powerful because I've really realized through my work and my research as well that we we just discount the things that are so simple. And I think that's kind of how our culture's been created, right? Like if you're not an expert, if you haven't done the schooling, if you haven't read all the books, if you then you can't possibly know or possibly take care of yourself. And when you realize how many things are as simple as you know, sound color, light, you know, the things that we have at our disposal uh, within us and around us in our environment that we really are just have so much more power at our disposal for our health and well-being than we believe. Why do you think the grass is green and the trees and leaves are green? Green is a neutral color. It's a healing color. It's an abundance you know, color. It's if you look at what green stands for, it's no wonder why the, the trees and the grass and everything's green. And getting out in nature is so healing. Yeah, well, and speaking of healing, I mean now you have worked with thousands of people with uh through their sessions in the eggs or all of the different locations and places where the eggs have traveled to now. What is your sense at this well? I'm, why, why are we sick? And what, you know, I know that's a big question, <laughs> but why are we sick? And how is the egg really helping us? I know you've touched on that a little bit already, but what, uh, what are kind of some of these root foundational issues that we're experiencing that the egg can help? So what I have come up with is that love and gratitude, if you look at the Gayatri mantra and a lot of the Eastern medicine, Eastern philosophy, it's it's love and gratitude. So, and then you look at David Hawkins' work, Power Versus Force. He says, you know, that the frequency of hate and discontent and guilt and shame are all very low frequencies, low vibrations. So if you look at love, gratitude, the Christ-like consciousness, they're all higher than a healthy human body. So when you narrow it down, I think a lot of our sicknesses from the lack of self-love and the lack of gratitude. And so we spend a lot of time in anger and hate and shame and guilt. And, and our society kind of teaches us that stuff. But if you really look at disease and how it manifests, it manifests through anger in the liver, fear in the kidneys. Uh, sadness in the lungs and the heart, uh, worry in the pancreas, and I can go on, but you get the point. So if we spend that time in, in our self-love and gratitude and appreciation and joy, can we eradicate disease? So is sickness really just, you know, being out of balance and not having that self-love, but we also know sickness is emotional, it's physical, it's spiritual. You have to have the balance. You can't just balance the physical and then be healthy. You have to have the balance and the emotions and the spiritual. So I think people really 
don't understand what health and abundance looks like. We look at things from a um, materialistic kind of view. You know, if you have a boat and a plane and a big house and a nice car, then you're healthy, right? Well, let's look at the egg kind of specifically right now. Like, what is so special about the egg shape when it comes to the healing chamber? Well, the egg is life to me. So, you know, it's where life comes from. And Victor Schauberger had a, an assessment that he used to do with a egg-shaped water container. And he says, when he put the water in the egg shape, there would be a vibration. So, when he put water in an egg shape, the vibration was so high because of the egg shape. And he started to come up with, you know, how powerful the shape of the egg is. And as I was contemplating the egg shape and looking at the golden ratio in, in phi, um, it's really interesting if you look at the human body, there's so much Fibonacci sequence and, and phi ratios of the uh, the two numbers equaling 1.618. So we took that and made sure that the, the harmonic egg used the golden ratio. And I wonder if we actually measured every single egg that came out of the chicken, if it would have a golden ratio. And I kind of think it would, you know, because it's this long and this wide. So is that ratio one by one, six, one, eight every time? Because sometimes they're short and fat. Sometimes they're long and skinny. So, you know, you just don't know where the golden ratio shows up, but it is about nature. It's, it's so um, divinely proportionate. And so when I was birthing, the harmonic egg. It was interesting because my boyfriend said, well, you're probably a menopause. I literally had a period for six months. It was like the process of birthing the harmonic egg created this physical expression of birth for me. In six months, I bled for six months. And of course, I never went to the doctor because I knew nothing was wrong. I felt great, but I was birthing the harmonic egg in its existence. And people call me the egg mama. It's kind of cute. Um, but it was a lovely experience. And now tens of thousands of people are being helped to bring their perfect bodies back into balance more naturally. It's non-invasive. It's sound and light. Now, is it a magic egg no is there a magic pill no now you take a pill and your blood pressure goes down is that magic no it's it's masking symptoms that you need to deal with so the biggest reason people get high blood pressure is they're not hydrated so you know you have a doctor called dr batman a really long last name but he's loving lovingly known as dr batman you're not sick you're thirsty is the name of the book and he was able to cure people with diabetes, allergies, um, high blood pressure, so many different things 
just with water. We're 99% water. We're chronically dehydrated and we don't die of old age. We die of dehydration. And you look at dementia, chronically shrinking brain. You look at, um, there's other reasons why people get dementia, but, you know, we're seeing younger, the younger generation getting dementia now. And one theory is they're not using parts of their brain that they should. They're, those pieces of the brain are dying because they're not socializing. They're on their computers, their phones, their, their electronic devices. They're not getting out in nature. They're not playing kickball on the streets like we, we used to, right? Um, so they're, they're not using the parts of their brain that they need to use, and they're kind of shrinking and dying, causing early stages of dementia. Very sad. Very sad. And and I wonder too about like being in that chamber. It's so rare, I think, for people these days to be in a space where they don't have their phone, number one, but are really kind of in an enclosed space, period, but that is then a resonant healing chamber, right? That that it's not uh energy that's going just randomly out into the universe, that it's kind of held and contained. Um, in a space around you. And I wonder how much of that is um, some of the magic <laughs> of being inside There's the chamber. Definitely um, choroid field that's affecting the body. So there's the egg energy, there's the human energy, and then they come together and the egg energy can kind of pick up where the deficiencies are or where the abnormalities are and hit that energy. And then you become one with the egg and the egg energy. And it just starts to dissipate things. People come out having amazing visions like you had with the bees. Um, They have clearing where they come out and you can see their faces change. Their skin is more tight. There's an anti-aging kind of happening with strengthening the telomeres on the DNA. Nature sounds can help heal the DNA. So we use bird sounds. We use the non-human beings that can be healers the whales, the um, the wolf howling, we've used the chirping of the eagle, we've had the great um, gray owl, you know, howling or hooting. So we use the nature sounds that are pure nature and in water. We don't use synthesized sounds because how can you synthesize when a bird's going to take a breath? You don't know. How would you synthesize a whale sound or a dolphin sound or an eagle sound? Well, gents, we think we're so smart, but garbage in, garbage out. You know, it's there. Artificial is programming. There's not the true expression of the divine intelligence. It's it's so true, and you realize actually how many things in our environment have been made artificial or synthetic or whatnot. And to really have that, you know, I forget sometimes being able to be, you know, live in a place where I can easily get way off the grid, but not very (laughs) far from home. Right. And really, you know, the phone doesn't work, turn it all the way off, leave it behind, don't need it for anything, but really, you know, I'm sure we're getting bombarded from, everywhere at this point but still to have that experience away from a city I think is really unusual for a lot of people now and 
we don't even realize how we're being affected because day to day we're not thinking like, oh, I'm I'm holding this phone and it's giving me pain, right? Like we don't have that instant feedback, even if our body is is responding. So I think, you know, what a unique experience to be able to uh, be in a space where you feel like you're truly held and surrounded and immersed within um, nature. And it, you know, we we all like to use the word, you know, resonant or being resonant with somebody, but you realize from a you know scientific basis, like if that egg is vibrating at that frequency and you step into it, like your body is going to snap into the resonance with that immediately. Like it's not, you don't have to consciously do anything. It's just how our, how our bodies are going to work around us. Super high frequency. Yeah. You just have to be, you're right. And, and it acts a bit of a Faraday cage because when I've tried use the tri-field um, EMF meter and put it in there, it's amazing that there's no EMF coming off of, there's a subwoofer underneath the chair. And then there's the two speakers on the side. And then there's an amplifier and a music player outside. And then there's the light strings. You would think there should be some EMF in there because that's my how my engineering mind works. And there's not. It's like less than 10 on the tri-field. And it blows my mind every time. But I think you're surrounded with the natural wood and the sacred geometric form and the hexagon platform and the Tesla mathematics and the golden ratio. And then you have this beautiful expression of the, the like forest bathing without the bugs. And so you're in there and you're by yourself and no phones, no doorbells, no TV, no radio, no billboards, no, the, the stimulation of the outside world is, is gone and you can just tune into your body and just be. It's beautiful how many messages people get. There's one center owner that gives the client a journal with a pen afterwards because people are writing their asses off, writing their butts off when they're, when they're come out of the egg and they're like, oh, I've had all these ideas. I'm, I'm writing a book and I have this new piece of artwork that I've just now downloaded just by doing the session in the egg. And people, there's been people who are authors who come in every week as they're writing their book so that they can get the highest and best information to communicate to their public, their audience. What a beautiful idea. And I certainly have that experience. Like it, it, initially started it was quiet for a while I was just enjoying I was out in the sunshine and uh but it was like yeah it was like a transmission a download you know that was coming in and kind of talking to me and kind of asking me questions and and then it came forward as a bee and I was getting all of these beautiful visuals and you know all of this healing that was you know being done um, in my body by the, by the bee. And it was, yeah, I felt the same way. I was like, I don't want to sit down. This was really, um, you know, a special, beautiful experience with, with all of these other beings. And you're right. I think that like, they can come into our field easier because it's, and that's one of the things I share with people all the time, right? You have to, the first thing is you have to get quiet and you have to slow down when you want to communicate with, uh, you know, nature and these other beings, because they're moving slower than us. And they, communicate so subtly and we're just so used to everything you know hitting us over the head like a sledgehammer that it's really you know we just think like I don't I don't get anything I didn't hear anything you weren't probably quiet enough or slow enough or wait long enough because it's just it's so quiet and subtle and so yeah being able to have the opportunity to be in this space I, I can imagine it's incredibly creative stimulating energy that, that people experience 
there's not much else you can do while you're in there. You're kind of stuck in there by yourself, with yourself, on your own, just to be. And uh, yeah, so many people tell me the same thing. They're like, oh, I don't get any messages. I don't do, you know. But then if you really uh, start drilling down, they're like, oh, and then there was this license plate number that said 444. And then there was this bird that was just flying alongside of my window, but they don't, they're not paying attention to those little subtle things that are happening until you bring it to their attention. Are you sure there wasn't anything strange? Oh yeah, this happened. Oh yeah. And I mean, who would think, okay, there's a rattlesnake on my porch, right? Okay. Who would think that's a message? I look at it as a message. What is the rattlesnake there on my porch at that time when I haven't seen a rattlesnake here on the land for a year and a half? Why now? Transformation, changes coming, protecting the family in the home. You look at the meaning behind 444 when you see that over and over or whatever angel number you keep seeing, you look it up because the universe is giving us messages um, 24-7. We just got to pay attention. So true. I love that the eggs help to facilitate that as well. So, well, let's talk about another piece of the what's happening in uh, in this space, and that's what some people call the quantum field or non-local reality. There's a, I think, a variety of different terms. I mean, what? Um, how is the egg working with those realities? So. Oh. When you're in the non-local realm, you're uh, the observer as the center of the, the, you know, you being the observer as the center of the universe. So in all of our worlds, we're the center of the universe. So uh, the funny story that I can tell you is when I was younger, I asked my dad, my mom and dad were still alive. I said, dad, what kind of a kid was I? Oh my gosh, you were such a good kid. You were so good. You were so, you know, you were so helpful. You were this, you were that. Mom. What kind of a kid was I? You were horrible. You didn't listen. You were the, we lived in the same house with a completely different reality. And you, you can probably relate to a lot of this and probably have your stories of your own, but it's, it's the, where we become the center of the universe. And if we're paying attention, it can be all knowing. Like there are, psychics who say I read I, I don't read the books I put them under my pillow at night and just absorb them right so we have access to the universal wisdom we're completely tapped in I don't know if you know remote viewing you probably know Joe McMonagall was in the government you know Lynn Buchanan so my remote viewing teacher was taught by Lynn Buchanan channeling non-local um, animal communication, just tuning into the animal wisdom, um, nature. So the eggs are tuned into themselves. Don't ask me how, because I think this is just magic. One center owner told me, "Hey, I'm in the I'm in the location in Belgium right now. My client just came in and told me the egg in Peru has now gotten on the land." because she felt the Peruvian egg in the Belgium egg. And in fact, she was right. It had reached the port in Lima. It had not even been assembled yet. And the energy was being felt in the Belgium egg by somebody who was tuned in and could feel that. We all can feel it if we're tuned in. It, it's there. 
And so what I've noticed is the eggs were vibrating at about 900 hertz when they first came on to the planet. They're about 1300 hertz now. So the more eggs that come on the planet connected to the grid, they're all raising the consciousness of each other. So the non-local realm to me is, is in full effect with the harmonic eggs and communicating and also collecting information to help others. So what I've been told is that there are beings that run the egg. Um, it's a Syrian technology that from my teachers when I live in uh, Sirius. And the beings are kind of like physicians. And the physicians are there when there's a difficult case. And the director of the you know, doctors will come in and kind of support that. But then the, the eggs are programmed with that new illness, condition, challenge, intention to help others work through it on their own. So I had a psychic come in and she said, yeah, I had an issue that the regular beings, the regular doctors weren't able to address. So they called in the chief, you know, director of the doctors. And now that programming is within all of the eggs to help support that condition or intention. But she was taking copious notes um, actually while she was in the egg because she brought her journal in the egg, knowing that she was going to get all these downloads. Uh, we don't like when people do that where you should just be, but sometimes there's so much flow of information. It's hard to remember it all when you come out. And so it's really interesting that we don't open up our minds to what is there that is invisible or non-local. I just was getting all of these images while you were talking to of the grids and how they were all connecting and like lighting up and getting like brighter and brighter, you know, the more, the more tapped in and you realize like it's, it's almost like this invitation. That's how it was feeling to me. Like the, the eggs have this uh, open invitation <laughs> as they open uh, to people to come in then and experience that energy and experience that, um, that frequency and that vibration that's being emanated. And, and it's funny because this was you know on my list to ask you about as well. And, and I think it's a good segue about when you're talking about kind of like, it's like it's adding to the database, right? When they're um, like, ooh, new issue, let's figure out how to resolve it. And now it's saved here for the future. And I think, well, that's how we think, you know, um, AI works or is going to work in the future, right? It's like collecting all of this information and it gets smarter and smarter and smarter and smarter and, you know, maybe to our own demise. And so I think like what, I'm thinking about how much organic intelligence we already have present that we're just ignoring or not appreciating and instead are wanting to build this artificial intelligence, which may or may not be as smart <laughs> as, as organic intelligence. So can you talk a little bit about working with, uh, you know, really these non-human beings that are very invested in sort of earth and humanity and you know what we're all doing here well yeah it just i'm a little bit afraid of artificial intelligence um you know i think there's a time and a place for it 
So one story that I remember hearing about artificial intelligence is um, in the fast food industry. They said that they're generating more revenue because the robot doesn't forget to ask you if you want to supersize your meal. The human does. So that's a great application for AI to increase revenue because it's a repeatable thing that you want to do is you want to upsell, 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 and artificial intelligence isn't going to forget to upsell. A human being might. But if you look at our nervous system and how highly evolved we are over millions of years, how can artificial intelligence with a one human being doing programming or machine learning or algorithms really replace the millions of years of our intelligence, our innate organic intelligence of our nervous system? And if used properly, we're way smarter than artificial intelligence. But a lot of people put, you know, different stimulants or drugs into the body and it compromises some of that innate intelligence. Um, and you can even kind of say that sometimes it brings in entities so you get false information. And there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think that there can be a way that we use it intelligently. Um, and we can also use it irresponsibly. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think, you know, the more, and I hope, you know, over the course of this podcast season, we're going to explore a lot of these different types of, um, whether it's uh, modalities or elements or whatnot that are, that are around us that hold this intelligence. And I just feel like, you know, as a society, we have prioritized researching the inorganic versus researching the organic. I think we just don't know what water is capable of doing. We just don't know what wood in a resonant chamber is capable of doing, right? I mean, in many ways we do, and, and there are people looking at those things, but I think uh, the more and more open we are to really embracing the wisdom and the knowledge that is inherently already held on the earth and within our bodies, as you say, the, uh, you know, that, that to me feels like is where we'll really create something new and different for us to yeah. thrive in. I mean, I, I, I can't give this conversation justice, but we have um, cannabinoid receptors in our body. And I guess um, I interviewed a girl, Tammy Garcia recently, and she explained it more eloquently and she's been researching it for many years, but we used to feed these hemp to animals. So then we were ingesting the cannabinoids that were our body has receptors for, and we were getting them from our food source. Um, they would feed it to chickens and we'd get it in our eggs. And some reason they took it out. There's an innate intelligence there, an innate intelligence from plants um, we get when we eat it organically or fresh. So my boyfriend recently was saying, oh, I don't care if the food is old or not. I just want it to taste good. I'm like, see old food that's depleted of minerals and soils that are depleted of minerals they don't have that taste. I remember the garden fresh tomatoes that my mom and dad used to grow. And I would, you know, go and gobble up a tomato sandwich, right? Mayonnaise, salt, tomato on toast with water bread. Come on, right? There was nothing better than that taste of those tomatoes. I, I can't eat store-bought tomatoes. They taste like, I say, produce. I don't know what they really taste like. They have 
no taste to them at all. So that tells me that they're not full of the nutrients and the minerals. And so, you know, regenerative farming needs to come up. We need to replenish the soils in our on our planet, you know, on the land. We need to have the intelligence and the education of, okay, if we planted cucumbers here last year, we've depleted the minerals that the cucumber plant needs. Let's plant tomatoes here this year. Let's let the soil regenerate for the cucumbers for next year. We'll move the plants around. Um, putting the seeds of what you plant in your mouth and swirling around your own enzymes and so that the plant will have an innate intelligence to, to um, give your body what it needs. It's just, there's so many beautiful things if we could just open up our minds and use the resources we have um, instead of trying to recreate the wheel and, and, and our artificial intelligence and all this programming and machine learning, it just doesn't feel good to me. Yeah, it's interesting to, you know, I'm, I'm an avid gardener and uh, I've had this quote that uh, I'm sure most people have heard before that uh, has been swirling in my mind this whole season every time I'm out with the garden and it's, uh, the, uh, what is, how exactly did it go? I think it's the, the best fertilizer for the garden is a gardener's shadow. And so, you know, they, in, in general, you think about it like, oh, because you're out there and you see things and this needs water and this needs pulling and this needs pruning. But I think it's more about our energy, right? That when you're there, like the plant is getting to know you and you're getting to know the plant. And sure, you might in that process notice that it needs extra water, or extra fertilizer. But really, what is happening in that exchange when you are just there and present with the plants? What are they doing for you and what are you doing for them? That then translates into, as you're saying, that food that you eat and what it knows your body needs because you've been there with it every day of its yeah. life. So much intelligence that we just take for granted that's there. Um, I have a lemon balm plant that I've been growing in the house um, and I put it outside. I'm like, okay, a little lemon balm. You have to now figure out how to live in the sand because I live in, it's really pretty much all sand out in this eastern plain of uh high desert Colorado and I was nurturing it and loving it and I bring in little leaves from it and I thank it I mean it's doing so well and I'm like crap of this little lemon my little Melissa plant right doing so well and same with my horse I brought my horse here and I was like okay girl like we're on our own it's you and me now you know I took her out of a barn with 75 horses I didn't know how she was going to do She's a spoiled little brat. She loves it alone. She's like, woohoo, my own place. Um, but she's such a healer. Like you were talking about the non-human uh, healers. She knows exactly what's going on with the meridians of my body. If I have a stomach ache, I will go outside and she will, you know, rub on the stomach meridian somewhere. And all of a sudden my stomach ache's gone. It's like they can take this stuff away from us. But then we have to honor them and clear them, you know, and, and let Mother Earth, because sometimes they tend to take on our stuff. The 90% of issues that animals have, it, they took it on from the human because they unconditionally love us so freaking much. And so sometimes I have to tell Holly, I'm like, don't take on my stuff. This is not for you. So I will just clear her with my hands and take it, send it back to Mother Earth and, and let Mother Earth dissipate, you know, the energy. I had a little girl come into my center one time and I remember she was coming in that day from Pagosa Springs, which is a 
quite a long drive from where I was in my center, maybe five hours. And I remember Holly waking me up. Holly's my horse. I want to see the girl. I want to see the girl. I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like six o'clock in the morning. Like, leave me alone. I want to see the girl. Bring me the girl. I didn't even know what girl. I was still sleeping. And I realized the little girl was coming in at 1230. And I thought, she's not even coming in until 1230. So I did. I asked the mom. I said, Holly would like to see your daughter. And she's like, thankfully, she wasn't thinking it was crazy. So the little girl had gotten her hair dyed. And within hours, she was paralyzed from the waist down. First time she ever got her hair dyed. I don't think that was the reason. I think it was uh, the glass filled up. And that hair dye was the last thing that spilled the glass over. She was paralyzed from the waist down within hours of getting her hair dyed. I remember one foot couldn't move at all. And um, the other one was numb, but she could kind of, you know, maybe maneuver it a little bit. And Holly went right to that leg and just put her nose on it and started rubbing her nose back and forth. And I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to bite her. I don't know what's going to happen. Holly's head is so big and this little girl. And she walked away, licked and chewed a little bit, processed it, released the energy back to Mother Earth, came back to her, put her um, nose on her arm, started rubbing, 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 rubbing. Walked away, licked and chewed a little bit, came back. She had a whole process of what she did for this little girl. Little girl walks again now. Now she also went to children's hospital and she did a lot of stuff. But I can only imagine that the harmonic egg and Holly, my horse, had a lot to do with her, you know, with her healing. And you know, we see this all the time with animals. And so a lot of times after I do a harmonic egg session, I'll be going, I'll go somewhere and a dog will come running up to me and people go, my dog doesn't go up to anyone. Like, who are you? Why is my dog attracted to you? I think there's a rainbow colored aura or, you know, like a big energy when you come out of the harmonic egg that your body is processing and integrating. And I think that that's very attractive to kids and animals because they see this aura. And so I have that happen a lot. And then we did a, a swim with the dolphins in Key Largo, Florida. And um, the one dolphin was like 30 years old. It was really, you know, in captivity, they can live a longer time. And they, they have them do this little thing where they tell the dolphin, go kiss this, you know, person. So I got my kiss, but the dolphin had more of a message for me. And the lady's like, okay, like, like, go, go. And she's like, they usually listen and she wants to stay with you. I'm like, that's okay. There was such an intelligence that she shared with me and such a wisdom that this often shared with me. It was such a special moment. You can only imagine. What beautiful experiences. Yeah. And the animals are so, so tapped in and tuned in to what's going on. And really have a lot more abilities than we give them credit for. That's for sure. Yeah, they, they suffer a lot on our behalf. So I would say anybody out there who has animals, make sure that you're really tuning into your animals and clearing them, taking them outside, maybe just brushing them and, and telling them, don't take on my stuff because it's not for them to take on, but sometimes they don't know what to do with it and they don't know how to release it. So give them permission to release it. Um, I had a dog, I'm trying not to cry. I had a dog that was 14 years old, um, Husky Malamute. I had him through two divorces, two state moves, 
actually three states that I had him in, one where I got him and then two more. And um, he ended up dying of, uh, he had a tumor that exploded on his liver and I was just so angry. And, you know, the liver is all about anger and I'm positive that a lot of that anger was mine that he didn't know what to do with. And I didn't know how to tell him to let it go. Yeah, I have definitely heard that about animal. I think just innately they want to comfort us and, and yeah. make us feel better. Just like many of us healers feel, you know, right? You're such so empathic and can feel what other people are feeling and, and want to make them feel better. Yeah, they don't always know how to release it. So. Well, loving me, my animals and my human healers. <laughs> Yes, yes, so many of them. <laughs> um, okay, I just have a couple more questions for you. We have a few more minutes. Okay. For sure, for sure. To talk to this is fun. Okay. I mean, it's fun, and hopefully, <laughs> okay, hopefully people it. are learning things that they can go, you know, the light bulb's going off, and they're saying, whoa, I never thought about yeah. that. And, you know, and maybe we're, we're going to yeah, save some animals. We're going to maybe save some trees. Or maybe we're going to save some rattlesnakes. It's some turtles too, right? That's right. <laughs> you just never know. Okay, so um, imagine a future timeline where really our culture as a whole shifts into this paradigm of really working with the quantum field and, you know, looking into healing of, in, with all of these organic intelligences. Like in your mind, what does, you know, I hate to even use the word healthcare because I don't think that, you know, it will exist in the same way in this future timeline. But what would, you know, healthcare in this kind of uh, time look like to you? I think that's interesting. I think it goes back to if we can imagine and incorporate more self-love, I think we're going to see less disease. I think if we can reset the, the good old nervous system, the body can heal itself naturally. And we can reset the nervous system through sound and light therapy. Just like I talked about the um, waveforms of piano helping to reset the nervous system. I think sound and light therapy, um, Einstein said it, Edgar Casey said it. It is the medicine of the future, but the future is now. We're, we're into this now. And so uh, Royal Rife and, you know, so many other characters in our history have said, you know, frequency medicine, um, Tesla had his own theories about it. And so I think um, if we can stay into a place of more love and gratitude, I don't think disease can exist there. So we kind of put something pharma out of business if we can stay in love and gratitude. And, you know, our earth and our culture and our people and the humans on it need to change a lot. Because there are so many people that um, throw aside the value of life and they throw aside the value of even their own lives um, and the value of us. We're all one. We're No one's getting out alive, really. Uh, we're all in this together. And why can't we be more loving and supportive and caring and appreciative of each other? So I think healthcare or sick care, because that's what we have right now, um, needs to shift in the way of more self-love, more non-invasive modalities that can help the body 
to put it in the right environment to heal naturally. I really think that we have an innate ability to heal, but we just don't, aren't in the right environment. And when we don't love ourselves, we tend to have the eating disorders, the depression. Um, what else? We, we get into toxic relationships. And these are all things that bring our energy down, bring our vibration down and invite disease to come in. So I think the more we can get into the self-love, when you love yourself, you don't want to hurt yourself or your body or someone else for that matter, because you just spend time in this blissful, joyful love and it's euphoric. The disease doesn't live there. I think what you're saying too is, you know, some of this just isn't necessary or won't be necessary in, in that kind of state. It won't, won't be something you'll have to be seeking out actively uh, to receive healing. But it sounds too easy, right? So, but God lives in simplicity. And so I tell people, okay, well, after you come out of the egg session, instead of just drink, drinking water and loving yourself, why don't you stand on the head, stand on your head, bring some water upside down you know, do a couple cartwheels and say, you know, make, make it hard for them. Right. Yes. And I have repeatedly had similar uh, messages that they uh, usually they say uh, source is simple and it's, you know, when we make it extra complicated, usually there's something that's done lost in transmission. (laughs) It's so simple. You just look at nature and you look at everything and it just it's simple but yet it's so complicated well i think what we're doing is we're trying to explain everything right we we have a hard time in our culture just accepting things as true <laughs> or at face value i don't know how it works it just works right that, that nobody had to know for thousands of years exactly how some of these things uh worked they just knew that they worked and so I think when we get into the really complicated explanations science that's been done around uh, proving how something works and showing how something works is somewhat what we need for our modern minds, right? We've created a scenario where we need the answers, but ultimately we can just say, oh, that was something our ancestors already knew. They were already doing that. Yeah. And, you know, people try to, science isn't really science. I mean, it's not, a, a controlled study to me would be, you know, taking a hundred women at the same age who had the same job, ate the same diet, had the same parents, lived in the same house, had the same job, their field of experience. So when someone says, oh, there's science behind this, we tested 16 year olds to 60 year olds, men and women. I'm like, that's like a million different correlations of different body types and different energies and then um another funny story i had a, a doctor call me yesterday and he said you know you talk a lot about voice analysis and if you're missing a tone from your voice you can have a, an emotional or physical correlate that would be related to so if you're missing the tone of e you could have lung problems um missing the tone of c more as root chakra and uh you know i got a lot of guys that have erectile dysfunction and they're missing the tone of c so he says, well, I just want to get this machine and then it'll tell me what tones are missing and then I'll know what music to play in the harmonic egg. I said, doctor, it's not that easy. 
Because if you think about, I was trained by Ani Williams. Ani Williams is, uh, she was trained by Sherry Edwards and Sherry Edwards is brilliant, but Ani took the, I believe, took the work to the next level. So when she's listening to the tones of your voice, if you're just talking about going to the grocery store or you went to go get gas, you're going to have a different energy than if you ask the question of, what was your relationship like with your mother? What was your relationship like with your father? These are the questions that artificial intelligence wouldn't know to ask. They're going to say, okay, speak into the microphone. I'm going to tell you what tones you're missing. You have to pull this out of people, the emotions. And you're going to see the missing tones different when you ask those questions. What was your childhood like? What is your job like? What is your family like? What is your family life like? And then if they have a pain, she teaches you to give it an audible a voice. Give a voice to that pain. So somebody will be like, ugh, you know, and you're going to see, then you're going to, then she says, now give a voice to what it would feel like if you never had to deal with that pain again. And then there's this like, ah, there's the missing tone. Every single time that's the missing tone, it shows up because you just now energetically felt what it would feel like to not have that pain. Boom, it's replenished right then and there. And so, you know, you're not going to get that from AI. You need a human being with the, the intelligence of what she does to help people navigate through that, to find out that missing tone. Yeah. Well, such a good example too, of how that works and how we have it. We have access to it. We just have to tap into it and find it or have somebody like you're saying knowledgeable and empathic and connected in a way that can bring that out of us. So. Well, I have kind of a fun question because while I was preparing for our conversation, uh, I just, you know, personally tuned into kind of the energy of the uh, the egg in general or the, I guess, over-lighting feeling uh, your energy and the eggs it's themselves or itself is a really solid uh powerful but rounded energy right it almost felt like how it would feel when i connected a mountain it's like i'm here this is what i have this is my perfection right step in it was really um the energy but while i was connecting with that I had all this fairy energy come in and they were very much wanted credit, <laughs> wanted to be noticed for their uh, participation in the process. And you've probably heard this before, but they were uh, just so joyful in their, in their job. And they, it was almost like they weren't necessarily the egg, as you know, is, is perfect in its, itself, right? So they weren't working with the egg. They were working with the human. So that was what they were showing me was really all of this little, um, making little adjustments as they would go like oh there's a little blockage there we're just gonna you know give it a little touch so that it starts moving or uh we just need to make a little rearrangement of the wires here it was very um very fun very light very helpful uh energy and i really enjoyed that so i was just curious like what other kind of uh beings maybe have you interacted with or been conscious of that are also participating in this this grand egg uh project <laughs> well all of these beings 
that are mythical or not um, to some people. Um, and being from a, a little town in Detroit, um, I would have thought I was crazy uh, years ago. And so hopefully people are opening their minds and your audience is beautiful because I know how I met you through my sister and she loves you. And so um, your audience will totally get this, but for anybody that listens to it, that's not your audience. You know, this is not anything to be afraid of. It's a beautiful thing. And I have goosebumps right now. Um, So the fairies are there. The yetis are there. The dragon, dragon energy came in when we put the egg in Asheville, North Carolina. Um, the, The gentleman there said, Okay, I have a fairy portal. I have a dragon portal. You know, I have all this different gnome energy on my property. And I said, okay, still in my engineering head thinking that, you know, these people are a little, you know, weird. And so he says, walk through this, you know, area. So I I walked through it and, and I was like, okay, this is really weird. I feel all these little eyes on me. And he had asked the land. Do you want the egg here? He asked the fairies, he asked the dragons, he asked the yetis, he asked, and they said, yes, we do want the egg here. But that brought that energy to all the eggs. So the second portal that he had me walk through, we had to, he brought his um, walking stick with the amethyst on top. And we got to the edge of the portal and we had to ask, can we enter? And I got a yes. So I entered. And I thought, okay, there's all these little gnats flying around my ears. So I'm holding my ears. And then I had my sunglasses on in the forest because all the little gnats were flying. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. What am I doing here? I got to a tree that kind of looked like a dragon claw. And I stood there looking at the dragon claw. And I felt wind circling around me as if it was a wing. Just Started crying, felt the gratitude from the dragons for the egg. And I came back home. Three days later, one of my psychic healers came into the uh, center in Colorado. She came running out. She's like, there's dragon energy in here now. There's dragon energy in here. And I'm like, oh no. Came from Asheville. And so These are beautiful beings that are here to support us, to educate us, to tweak us, to just this wisdom that they have is amazing and beautiful. We can just tune into it. There's really nothing to be afraid of. It's just this beautiful expression of who they are. And they're here to support us as these human beings who are struggling in this, these little temples that we've created, we're struggling to have a, a spiritual experience in this human body. And it can be beautiful. It can be anything you want it to be. So I created my own reality in my own non-local realm, being the observer of my own center in the universe. I've created abundance in every area of my life. And so now I get to just give back. I should just relax and just like let it flow, but I'm a Scorpio. So I still have to, you know, worry about stuff, even though I look at myself and laugh because it's like, why are you worrying? You have absolutely nothing to worry about. Everything is as perfect as it, as it can be right now. And so, yes, all these beings are around all the time. 
they pop in and out. The Andromedans are there. The uh, Arcturians are there. The Syrians are there. The Palladians are there. Uh, it depends on what you brought in is what you see um, or what you experience. So, yeah. So it's, there's been some amazing stories. And there's then there's some people that say, Kim, I heard you talk about all these amazing experiences and nothing happened when I went in there. Sorry, not sorry. You know? I don't know what your experience is going to be. I always say, have no expectations. So true. And what, I mean, what beautiful, amazing stories. I, you know, you may or may not know that I, I work with the Yeti or Bigfoot energy yeah. quite a bit. They're probably my my primary uh, guide uh, energies I speak with most often. But they are amazing healers. And one, you know, very tuned into uh, really anybody who's working with the earth because they're so uh, connected with the earth themselves. But uh, they were recently kind of explaining to me um, different templates that are available on earth for us. And so, and they were talking about the bees, which is who I connected with in my session today and saying, you know, well, they're, they're a template of harmony, right? We can see in many different ways why they... Um, showing that template to us, but uh, the Yetis or the Bigfoots had said that they were a template of love. And I think that they get overlooked often in, in everyone's hunt for the you know, big aggressive cryptids out in the forest, right? That really, um, they're these very gentle, loving, beautiful creatures. And they're, they're really here to show us love. And so what a beautiful experience and, and connection for them to be connected with the eggs as well. And be able to share that with you. So awesome. Yeah, I'd forgotten about your Yeti connection. Um, I when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. Well, I have a burning question being a, a, a land healer. <laughs> have you put an address inside the egg to do any uh any work with the land? Have you tried that? It's on my notes <laughs> to talk about that because we do um, oh, Yes, we do sessions with animals and, you know, just put their picture in there. And we've had amazing results because they only know love. So they heal fast. Um, land. Yes, um, we've done house clearings. We've done land clearings. Um, I have a HOA that demands that we plant 15 trees when we move in within the first year. We have to plant 15 trees. Mind you, it's all sand. I have heard many of neighbors, they've lost 50% of their trees, 20% of their trees, all of their trees. And I thought, well, I just spent $10,000 on 15 trees and I haven't planted. I'm going to put them in the egg. So one by one, I put them in the egg. I put them in as a conglomerate. So there's five trees here, five trees there. There's the three maples here, you know, and, and I put them in, I didn't lose a single tree. You tell me, I'm telling you, a hundred percent of my neighbors have lost a tree or a number of trees. So I put the trees in the egg. I put plants in the egg. I have put my seeds before I plant them in the egg and gotten. Now, I think I make this up in my head because the engineer comes out at me, but it was a radish. I planted two radish seeds. One in the egg, one not in the egg. And the one just seemed to uh, be huge and grow super fast. And then I was like, oh, maybe that wasn't the one I put in the egg. I'm pretty sure it was. 
you know, you know how you start second guessing it, and I'm like overthinking right. everything, and I was like, oh no, that that definitely wasn't one. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe it was, or maybe it was. Maybe it got more sun. Maybe it was definitely the, the seed I put in the egg. <laughs> right, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I've been yeah. doing some experiments myself with kind of the electroculture and different kind of energies and things in in my garden. And I do the exact same thing. I'll be like, well, maybe it was just going to be a good year for potatoes anyway. Maybe it was, you know, it was awfully warm and sunny. That plant must have really liked it this year. <laughs> it's like, well, no, it's the energy. <laughs> we have a home unit now that called the lift. It's called Let It Flow Therapy. Now, during COVID, everybody was saying, I'm afraid to go out and I want to, you know, heal at home. You know, how can I, you know, do my egg sessions at home? That's when remote sessions were born. And that's kind of when the home unit was born. But I have one up in my loft and I have a one of those little clover plants. It's a purple one. There's the green clover plants with the white flowers and the purple clover plants with the pink flowers. I've never seen so many pink flowers on this thing and I've had it for 15 years. As soon as I put the home unit there, it's just like, it's just loving the energy. Now, there's no other change that I made. It's been in the same spot for a year it you know so it has to be the home unit energy that has just made this there's never not a bloom on that thing it's crazy so yeah (laughs) land healing you know you can even do like longitude and uh, latitude um in the egg you can put the longitude and latitude of a location um like uh, an animal sanctuary maybe but you always ask for permission you ask for permission from the land or the beings that are on the land. I have some neighbors who have had very much a lot of trauma in their life. They came together and found each other after um, some pretty uh, traumatic deaths of their spouses. And so their energy is very um, sad, very hurt, very grief. Um, and I asked the egg if I could put them in the egg and they're going to know it's not my, you know, I, I, I didn't have permission, but I did have permission to put their land in the egg. And so hopefully their land being egged will help them to heal from whatever it is that they need to heal from. Yeah, it's amazing. And I think, you know, the land as well, it's much like the animals, right? That there's no aversion to love or healing or whatever. Like I think as humans, sometimes we're the complicated ones because either we're saying I couldn't have really worked or <laughs> that's, that's not why that got better. Or, or we go and go back and undo things that were, you know, that were done and, and challenge ourselves sometimes to, uh, to the process where, you know, animals, plants, the land, all of these things are just like, bring it on. I'll take all of the good vibes that you have and um, share away. <laughs> yeah. But there's plenty of different applications and I'm going to have to sign off here soon. Um, plenty of different applications that could be used. Um, it's just, it's, it just keeps growing and we put water, you know, in the egg and, you know, help it to raise its vibration. I, I do all kinds of experiments. I actually interesting thing I did is I took it was a guy that went on a journey to the land I think they call it a holy land tour or something where you go to where Jesus was crucified and you go where, where Mother Mary's home was 
And so I collected rocks from all those different areas. And I asked the egg to clear the energy of that land because of the story that we create around it. And it was really interesting, a lot of crying, especially when I put the land where Jesus was crucified and the land where Mother Mary was born. They wanted the egg, wanted those two rocks together. And it was really weird why they asked me that because I don't, don't really understand it. But I, I cleared the energy of the land for all those holy land places um, from this guy who collected the stones when he went on the tour and I bought them from him. And then I um, wanted to make sure I programmed the egg with the rocks from Tibet in case Tibet doesn't exist someday. But there's that information from the land there and the eggs. So just trying to do things like that to be responsible to the planet. Well, I'm sure after our conversation, people are going to be like, how do I have my own egg session? So can you share with us just how the different options for um, people to either connect with an egg in person or remotely and, you know, how they can find and connect with you? Yes, um, harmonicegg.com. That's our main location to find locations. It's our um, it's our place where you can find my book. Uh, we wrote another children's book um, called Little Dragon and the Giant Egg. That came through right after, no joke, right after the dragon energy. Of course, you're not surprised. A lady from Michigan, she said, oh my gosh, I just downloaded this book and it's, it's about a, a dragon and an egg. And I was like, oh, of course, right, of course. So we published that book to help um, kids and, and kids with autism to realize that the egg is magical and it can really help them, you know, heal their own um, issues and help them with their intentions of how they want to live their life. And then we have um, specifically designed, consciously created music that we sell. No MP3 files. We only use the web files. And then they have song sheets on the USBs and how to use the piece of music. You know, what color intentions are they for? What chakras are they going to invoke and, and help to heal? Um, what instruments are being used? Um, so what organs it will help? We have that all online and it's, um, yeah, it's been kind of cool. Well, it's how people would find the harmonic egg. There's remote sessions. And like we talked about before this, um, before the call started, um, you can do a remote session anywhere in the world. If you have a, an affinity to New Zealand, do a, a remote session in New Zealand. Egg. If you have always wanted to go to Peru and you haven't made it there, do a session in the Peru egg. Get some of that energy. Get some of that uh, that land energy for yourself. I love it. I, I definitely want to feel into the egg in the different locations. I think that would be great. Well, thank you so much for joining us, sharing your love, sharing your wisdom, sharing your knowledge. And uh, yeah, I, I'm excited to share more about the egg as well. So mm -hmm. thank you for sharing it with me. Thank you. I just want people to, I mean, they don't have to do any session. They just need to learn to listen to their own bodies and love themselves more. And I think that the world will be a better place just with those two things. So Thank you for having me. I love what you do. Keep doing your magic over there. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Sending my deepest gratitude to Gail for this futuristic discussion. And I hope it's inspired you to explore light, sound, and sacred geometry in a new way. If you enjoyed this episode and you think these ideas are worth spreading, 
I hope you'll share it with others. In the meantime, thanks for listening. And thanks for being here on the earth at this moment in time. I'll see you back here next week. Thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to the Earth Keepers podcast. I'm so honored to share this journey with you. I would love it if you join me and other Earth Keepers from around the world in the Following Hawks Earth Keepers community on Facebook. To find the show notes, additional resources, or learn more about working with me, go to earthkeeperspodcast.com. Until next time, I'll see you in the multiverse.